podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, everyone. Here are some highlights from my latest Menas Masterclass episode with Megan Shute. Megan is a medium-fast bowler who has represented Australia 142 times in all three formats of the game and has taken 204 wickets across those appearances. If you want to hear the full interview, please follow the links in the show notes to our Patreon page where you can subscribe and get all our extra content. I'm absolutely thrilled today to be joined by Australian women's team fast bowler Megan Shute. Megan, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. And thanks for calling me a fast bowler. Now, just before we recorded, I think in the last 24 hours or a couple of days, you've announced that your wife, Jess, is pregnant. So I want to start off by congratulating you. You must be thrilled. (laughs) Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely stoked. And and honestly, keeping that secret for the last, you know, 17 weeks has been hell. So um, every opportunity I've said, you know, can I post this weekend, this weekend? And finally got the permission to do it which is great and yeah obviously we're absolutely stoked and to have a little girl on the way is is honestly pretty special what fantastic news and I heard you talking on the Cricket Australia podcast the scoop about your sort of IVF journey and you know is it's has it been difficult getting to this point um it's been long is probably how I would word it we've been extremely lucky with um, for my egg extraction, we got a lot of eggs, which doesn't always happen. And and then we happened to actually get it first go um, in terms of implanting the egg in Jess. So we've been extremely lucky throughout. It's still just a really long process. So we probably started this really about a year and a half ago to, you know, start the with the doctors and, and to, you know, search for sperm donors and everything that's kind of involved in that process. So it's extremely long and, and obviously it can be even longer if we weren't successful the first go. So as much as we have been lucky, it's still been long, but um, obviously a bit of a longer process for us. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got there. And I heard you um, talking on the scoop that you sort of intimated that if your partner got pregnant, you would sort of rethink your career. <laughs> well, you said it. Um, <laughs> so, how, so where are you now? Now that you're at that moment, can you announce your retirement here? Or um... <laughs> nah, no chance. I um, yeah, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel to be honest in in terms of cricket, and I guess that's why I left that window open. For me, I don't think anything's going to change. It's obviously going to require um, a bit more support and communication with with the coaching staff in terms of. You know, if Jess can come on Aussie tours and, you know, I might need a little more time off here and there, um, especially when she's first born. But uh, for myself, I'm, I'm going to keep going as long as I can. I, I honestly don't know if one day I'll wake up and, and feel differently and say maybe today's the day I pull the pin. But, yeah, I, I guess for myself, I've always wanted to carry a child as well. And, you know, if, if things go smoothly with Jess and I still want to do that, then that might throw a little spanner in the works. But honestly, with the parental policy that's now in place, um, I guess it's perfect incentive for people like me who 
have the, you know, chance to come back now um, after having a baby when that wasn't really an option. So, yeah, gosh knows where that's going to lead me. But um, for now, like my career will stay the same. But as I said, I've, I'm always leaving all doors open. Um, well, um, let, let's, let's, let's go back to when you started playing cricket for Australia because, you know, you, you made your state debut, was it 2010 or 2009? 2009, I think, which is a long time ago. Yeah, so 12 years ago. And then, you know, not long after you were picked for Australia, I think on a tour, was it to New Zealand? It was against New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, and um, what, what was that moment like when you first got picked for Australia? Because, yeah, I imagine it was a very different environment for Australian women's cricket back then. It was, um, it was kind of surreal with, like, to be honest, like when growing up, I didn't even know there was an Australian women's cricket team. And it wasn't until I made the state team that I found out there was a level above me. Like there was an Aussie women's team that I didn't even know about because obviously there was nothing on TV back then. Um, so, yeah, I'd only not long really discovered them when I got picked. So I was a bit kind of in awe of I had no idea of who was in that team. I didn't know these people, didn't know the environment, didn't know the setup. And so when I got called up, um, I was originally on standby, I got called in for injury and I was told when I first got picked, like, yeah, you're just going to be running drinks for the next week. We've got a little niggle around the team. I was like, no worries. And I didn't even know how to run drinks. I'd never done it in my life. So I already looked like a fool on the sidelines, not knowing to walk around the, you know, the boundary line with a drink mm-hmm. bottle. Like, and then the night after that, uh, I got a knock on the door and they're like, yep, we've had an injury. You're coming in to play tomorrow. And I was, <laughs> I don't know, it just happened really, really quickly. And so I didn't even have time to panic because I'm like, oh crap, well, I'm here now. I've gone from state cricket to Aussie cricket pretty quick. All right, well, let's just do it. So, and I guess obviously I had the advantage of no one knowing who I was, especially the international teams. They're not going to have any footage on me because back then I didn't really stream WNCL. So yeah, like that was a, it was a really quick transition and it's probably what made it so easy in a way of I didn't have time to be nervous and the whole environment was new to me. The people, the cricket, the gym, like everything that came with it was, was really fresh. So it was kind of just like a, a new world. And how old were you when you played that game? Uh, I was 19, so I was I was still freshly an idiot, that's for sure. Like I think of how I was when I was 19 compared to how I am now, it's it's a 180 flip. So I was thrown in um, probably when I had a lot of growing up to do, which was probably a good thing, to be honest. Gave me a good kick up the butt. What was it like when you called your parents and said, I'm going to be playing for Australia tomorrow? <laughs> um, so if you ever meet my parents, you, this reaction will suit them better. But uh, they're just like, oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> like that, that's my parents they're not the most like um emotional kind of people and my dad is, yeah, is the kind of person that um drives you by like giving you a, a different kind of kick like my dad all the time be like just quick cricket and he knows that I'm going to defy him and continue cricket so that's kind of like if I'd come home from a you know a crappy day of cup cricket or whatever he'd be like oh I'll just quit and he knew that was going to push me so that was the way he encouraged me so when I told him you know, obviously about um, the call up and stuff. He's like, oh, that's good. You know? <laughs> and, right. and, and that's a real driving factor for me. Like that's just how I grew up. So, um, and then my mum is pretty similar. She's no clue what's really going on. So she'd be like, that's great, honey. And I could have told her anything and she'll have like a that's great, honey kind of reaction. So yeah, I guess it wasn't like what you see today when, you know, they record the young footballing boys calling their parents and they cry on the phone. That's, that's definitely not my parents. <laughs> So 10 years later, you're still trying to like prove yourself to your parents? 
<laughs> hey, mom, I won another World Cup. <laughs> yeah, I still get the, oh, proud of you, but still can't in that same um, tone. So my, my dad's still telling me to quit cricket. He tells me all the bloody time. Um, I don't think that's going to end. But, again, um, <laughs> that's a driving factor for me. And, and I, yeah, I know he's proud. I don't need to hear it. So I had Lisa Stalaker on a couple of episodes ago and she t- we talked about the, the win in the 2013 World Cup in India and you played a great part in that win. win. You were the leading wicket-taker of the to- tournament, 15 wickets. And I imagine that tournament, uh, I guess, you know, boosted your confidence and was a, an important stepping stone in your development. Oh, absolutely. It, it, again, it was kind of just, it was, it was surreal, like, <clears throat> when I got there, he, um, Catherine had said, you know, you might not play a game. And I was like, that's cool. I, I'm just like, you know, stoked to be here. Like, uh, like my, the only place I'd ever been in my life outside of Australia was New Zealand, which pretty much is like Australia. So to then jump on a plane to India, um, a completely different country was, was really cool. And so I was just happy to be there. And then <laughs> when the first game came up and they're like, yep, you're playing and you're opening. And I was like, okay, cool. This is like, you know, transition pretty quickly. And then with each passing game, I kind of just built more confidence, I guess. And again, I don't think there was anyone in the world bowling in swing apart from me and Shrubby at the time. So a um, bit of an X factor there. And obviously to go on and win that final, like I I don't think I really realised at the time what was happening. Like I, I remember being like so happy and so excited but I look back now and I'm like, that was a bloody World Cup. Like, and I'm not sure that resonated at the time. Like, I'm just pretty competitive in, in most things that I do and was happy to win. And, but I guess because I didn't have like really strong friendships, it didn't feel as incredible as it does now. Like, I think now that I know that, you know, I've earned my spot, I love my teammates so much and we're achieving stuff together. Like, when we win now, <laughs> it's just, I don't know, there's a feeling in my heart that's a bit different than what it was in that world cup but that was i guess the start of my career and that's also really special i actually have been really lucky to interview quite a few of your teammates and i have to say um you know it's always such a pleasure talking to you know your teammates it's just such a such a great sort of vibe around the australian women's cricket team and everyone is giving and, you know, you're very open and happy to talk about anything. It's very refreshing. You know, you come up against athletes that are schooled in how not to say anything all the time. Yeah. I just love it. It's um, I, I love that you mentioned that. I think that we do owe a fair bit to our current media manager, Lucy. She's really cool in making sure that our personalities are portrayed. Like that was my one thing that I never wanted to be was robotic and, that's what most of the girls are not. And that's what I love is like, it's encouraged to, you know, obviously say what we want to an extent. Um, and pretty much I've been given the go ahead as long as I'm not slamming our sponsors or slamming, you know, CA, like I can kind of say whatever I like, which I'm probably going to do anyways. But yeah, the team is, we're an honest team. Like I think that's probably what makes us get along so well is we can just say the things that we want to say. And we've been around each other so long. We, we know when we're getting on someone else's nerves, so we know when to pull back. And I don't know. I think the, obviously we have the privilege of being together for a long time and having a lot of success, but I think that success can come from the kind of people that are in the team and the open honesty and, and just the genuinely good fun that we have. So yeah, like for people like me and Midge, <laughs> these opportunities to kind of um, talk about all this stuff is really cool because we're just going to say whatever we're feeling. Mm. I think it, it brings in fans. If you're open and show 
a little bit of vulnerability and and, and t- say how you're feeling, then you do bring fans closer to the team. I, at the end of the day, like we're human, and, and that's what like I think people forget about athletes in general especially people who have had a lot of success. Like I think they figure that these things just come on a platter and this is how you should act. This is how you should feel. But really if you just, yeah, show that you, you're a human being, like I grew up a little rat bag from, you know, the Southern suburbs, stealing stuff, doing whatever I wanted. And this is how I've made it from hard work, dedication and, and generally loving what I'm doing around good people. So it just shows that this is what can be achieved by your everyday human. And we feel like everyday people. It's just we happen to be playing at a high-level sport. Great stuff there from Megan Shoot. And just a reminder, you can hear all our bonus episodes on our Patreon page. Next month on Men's Masterclass, I'll be joined by Robert Crash Craddock. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now, driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.